I'm no Betty or Veronica, not even Jughead. Don't you call me a Reggie, I'd rather be caught dead. Just two friends who don't know who they want to be. Let's see them figure it out on Archie and me. Welcome to Archie and Me, an Archie Comics podcast. I'm Brandon. And I'm Josh. And today we're in the basement of Pops, digging through his archives. Yes, he has built up a quite the collection. He has been keeping files on everyone. It's like the unofficial Riverdale historian. Yeah, and you know, people appreciate it when he's, you know, when he's gone. <laughs> it's true. Have you looked at your file yet? Oh, not yet. Well, same. It's I'm- small. <laughs> Yeah, today we're doing, you know, part of our character spotlight, a new thing we're trying. We're going to be doing a deep dive into a character, and that character is Jughead, because of course it's Jughead January. Jughead January. One of our favorites on the pod, and I should mention, as we always do, fashion icon. Fashion icon. We should also acknowledge our sources for this podcast. To learn more about Jughead and prepare our notes and everything and do some research, we looked into the Archie Encyclopedia, obviously. We also looked into Paul Beatty's great book, 12 Cent Archie. And we also were looking at different Jughead wikis. You know, we were trying to decide if a wiki is part of Wikipedia or is a wiki become its own thing. Oh, like like Kleenex? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Our Band-Aids. Yeah. <laughs> we were looking at the Archie fandom wiki and, of course, just the regular Wikipedia wiki. Art. Again, there's, too many, there's too, many, too many layers at this point on the internet. We also checked out Dilton's wiki. Dilton's like wiki. Like the one he runs, you know, from his, <laughs> from his computer. Yes, yes, yes. So we're going to jump in with a little bit of the history of Jughead. And, you know, just to be upfront, we might not get everything exactly right. We're learning. But if you want to, like, help us learn more, please share. If there's something we get wrong, let us know. Yeah. In a very nice way. <laughs> we're sensitive boys. We are. So Jughead's real name is Forsyth Pendleton Jones III. And actually, that name was kept a secret from his friends, his full name. Because I think there's, like, one point where he's like, it's too alluring to right. women <laughs> there's like yeah. a, a point where they mention that but yes Forsyth Pendleton Jones III was actually introduced in Pep Comics number 22 in December 1941 along with Archie and he was created by Bob Ma- Montana and John Goldwater but people usually say the defining creator of Jughead who you know made him the person we know and love today is Sam Schwartz who drew Jughead for a really long time he even left for a while and they were like it's not Jughead without you, and they invited him back. <laughs> well, he has a really iconic appearance, I think, and 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 those early creators creators really defined that for him. So um, he obviously has this really iconic whoopee cap he wears. We'll, we'll get into some of the details of that a little bit later, but you know he's also, especially in those early days, drawn with a really long nose. Yeah, and in Twelve Cent Archie, he talks about how Jughead is one of the people who hasn't changed that much in his appearance yeah. since he was created. Because it's, like, so iconic. Yeah, and, you know, even as Archie has sort of changed his clothing to match with the times, Jughead has been rocking that whoopee cap long after that stopped being a thing anybody knows about, you know? Because <laughs> now, really, it's like, people think whoopee cap, they think Jughead, not the other way around, right, you know? Right, right. I mean, and also, it, it really fits his personality, too, because he is... An independent thinker. You know, he's not going to always be with the times or with whatever the fashion is. You know, some of his qualities that have kind of stuck around for the last 80 years are, you know, things like, you know, he loves eating, he loves food, he loves cooking, he's a foodie. 
but he's also definitely not a snob, uh, despite his very long and uh, uh, elite-sounding real name. Uh, <laughs> he, I feel like, okay, yes, he's not a snob in general, but I feel like food, like, I think his relationship with food is, like, a very uh, specific thing where he's like, does he love all food? Is it all mm. food created equal to him? That's a great question. I think that he he will settle for anything. But he has very strong opinions about what he likes and what makes food good. Yes. But he he's a good, loyal friend to Archie, but also to, to, to all of his friends. He's usually portrayed as being very calm, very thoughtful. Like we said, he's an independent thinker. He's, he kind of goes against the crowd. He doesn't care what people think about him as much. And he is typically pretty laid back. Some might say lazy. He doesn't like to work hard. He likes to work smart, not hard, as they say. And depending on who's writing him or drawing him, I feel like they play into that more like, is he intentionally just like chilling out or is he just actually lazy? You know, yeah, right, like, right. I feel like it's a choice. It's usually a choice. Yeah. It's one of those things where it's like he's he's lazy, but like if he's ever needed to do something, like he will always spring into action. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. he's not he's not lazy for the sake of being lazy. It's just that. When he's relaxing, he is he is totally <laughs> dedicated to that relaxation. I wonder if he does a lot of meditation, you know, in his own way. <laughs> he's being I, very present in the moment. What is like, maybe his mantra is something involving a cheeseburger? Oh yeah, of course. He's like lettuce, tomato, <laughs> onion, onion, burger. Um, he's also famously asexual in the comics, and also um, in some of the adaptations of, of his character, he is not really interested in romance. He's not interested in that type of relationship. So it's really interesting when you get into this discussion about sexuality, especially when you're talking about something that's been around for 80 years, because I feel like they kind of rec- they like figure things out about his personality, and now we have more of a language for it. Yeah. But I also, you know, I don't want those Bughead fans to get too mad at us, <laughs> because there are times in the stories where he does date people and he has relationships. But I'd say the overarching... And the higher percentage of stories show him not being interested. And, and I think this is the more important part that, that um, provides evidence towards him being asexual, not showing interest yeah, and not understanding why other people are interested. I think that's what kind of makes it uniquely that. Um, and again, being asexual is a spectrum and it can look so many different ways depending on who you are. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, the, the most popular piece of, Archie Comics media is Riverdale, and you know in that show he's he's not portrayed as, as asexual. Um, so oh spoilers, I haven't spoilers. watched it yet. <laughs> haven't watched it yet. So there's there's different ways to interpret this character and still stay true to who he is. Yeah, a hundred percent. I love in Twelve Cent Archie too when you know Paul Beatty kind of talks about this a little bit and he he makes sure to make the distinction that um, asexuality is not the same thing as presexuality. Mm-hmm. Right, so because we're dealing with you know younger, yeah, younger like characters. he's yeah. This is not a character who is this way out of a sort of naivete or Arrested Development. It's just it's more so that it's 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 a sort of a deeper, more nuanced part of who he is. And I just want to you know go back a little bit and talk a little bit more about the physical characteristics when reading Twelve Cent Archie. Uh, they specifically at some point say he's six, you know, he's six foot tall and he's 140 pounds. That's pretty slim. That's yeah. pretty, that's like pretty <laughs> slim for a six foot person. 
Um, and also that there's a for a majority of the early comics, you know, he's when he's walking, he's always drawn with his eyes closed. <laughs> yeah. And there's even a story where he like they like call this out and he's able to walk around town without looking because he just like knows <laughs> right where to go. He's like, again, his very uh, conscious decision to be like, I don't need to use my eyes <laughs> right now. I, we, Paul Beattie in that, in that book, he, he says that that's like the key to understanding Jughead is that mm-hmm. quality. And he says the key to the characterization of Jughead is the fact that he always walks with his eyes closed. He's rarely depicted with open eyes. Uh, he exists in such a state of absolute calm that he is able to stroll the streets of Riverdale without looking. You know how sometimes they do those books that I've seen at like Barnes and Noble and stuff. That's like the Buddhist, the Buddhism of Jughead. You know, it's like they'll take some sort of philosophy or mm-hmm. religion and they'll put it through a pop culture sort of filter. And I wonder if there's like, you know, the Buddhist of Jughead. Well, I, I want to write. I want to write the book for that. I, I want it to be: uh, Is Jughead a stoic icon? We'll see. <laughs> uh, stoic. This this idea of stoicism of like. Knowing what you like, just making a distinction between what you can control and what you can't, and the things you can't control, you just kind of let be. I feel like Jughead empowers that. Mm, I might have to disagree a little bit again when it comes to food. Because sometimes (laughs) that's a big carve out. Yeah, because sometimes when food, like if he's expecting food to be there and it's not there, (laughs) he will get upset. Yes, yes. But then usually he will seek out the food. He will solve his problems. He does. He is a pro- uh, he is a problem. He's solver. a problem solver. The food's not there. Okay, I will I will raid your kitchen. I will turn on and preheat your stove. You know, like you said, even though his character has sort of evolved over the years, there's never really been that kind of big retconning of him. Um, you know, like you said, like they're sort of the terms we use for for sexuality and and that part of Jughead's life has kind of, I think been more refined lately uh, especially with writers like chip zadarsky who actually i think he wrote the first comic that we talked about this a couple weeks ago but wrote the first comic where it's actually specifically said that mm-hmm. he's asexual but you know going back to the 40s and 50s you know he's that's definitely not language that they would have known to use but he's still written in a way where he's contrasted with with archie who is very much on the other side of the spectrum of being hyper focused on the thing that jughead's not focused on and that's always kind of been a part of his character. Yeah, and something that's kind of interesting to me, and it's like something that, you know, me and Brent are not experts on, is like, and I'm learning more about, as I get to know people and know different perspectives, is like, there is a difference between asexuality and like a, being asexual and aromantic. Mm-hmm. So, you know, he doesn't seem to show an interest in romance or sexuality, you know, in that right. way. So it's kind of like an interesting conversation to have. And, you know, maybe one day we could talk to someone who knows more about that and could kind of give us a... Um, you know, a perspective that we don't have. Definitely. Talking about defining things as Jughead, we have to get into a little bit of the history of his hat, his whoopee cap. Yes, such an iconic hat. And like you said earlier, like it, it's transcended what it originally was. Mm-hmm. Whereas, you know, in the very beginning, it was Jughead donning a hat that at the time was popular amongst kids his age. And now, uh, probably very quickly from the point of his origin, just became, oh, that's the Jughead hat. Yeah, when it, they were first made, they were made by mechanical workers who would they kind of they would take a fedora and like turn it inside out and mm-hmm. like cut it so they could keep grease out of their hair and eyes. Yeah, it's like they it's like they needed a hat, but they didn't they did they couldn't have anything with a brim. 
Yeah, 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 exactly. And I feel like nowadays, you know, where back then they're like, we have to make something ourselves to figure it out. Nowadays, right. you're just like, let me get online and find. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> just Google a uh, hat to keep grease out of my eyes and you'll have an Etsy <laughs> right. store pop up. Well, okay, late 30s, early 40s. What are your hat options if you're a guy? It's like baseball cap or fedora. It's like, that's it. <laughs> yeah. You're wearing, they wore baseball caps in the 1930s? Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Baseball, baseball's old. But baseball caps? Like sure. we wear them today? Yeah. Like a modern yeah. baseball cap. You, you, you want to bet on it? I don't want to bet on <laughs> it. I'm just, I'm like in shock. Oh, yeah. They didn't wear top hats? <laughs> top hats, playing baseball. That's, that's great. How did you know they were rich? If they were rich or not? If you, they didn't wear a top hat? That's, that's why I wear one every day. Yeah, Brandon just walks around with a top hat on, and just so people assume he has money. Well, there is a character uh, in Riverdale who does walk around oh, yeah. with a top hat. Randolph, is... Randolph. But like you were saying, uh, it's 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 a homemade hat. Um, but you know, like you said, it originally you know resonated with these sort of working you know men. But very quickly, it kind of became something that was popular amongst teens and kids. Right? It was kind of a I mean, you know, these things as these all as they always happens. If 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 it's different, if it's against the mold, if it's kind of antisocial, it catches on, right? Yeah, and I think it's important to to mention that the nickname for people who wore these hats was Jag Head, mm-hmm. like J A G Head, and that's where we get the name Jughead from, right? Oh yeah, definitely. And of course, when it became popular for kids to wear this type of homemade hat, um, instead of just cutting the brims off. They would cut them into a design, and so they would cut them into a zigzag, and and then you know fold it upwards. So that's why we have like the beanie that has the what looks like a crown. Yeah, and they've kind of like leaned in that towards leaned into that sort of crown sort of look with Jughead. Yeah, most of the time it's just drawn as a straight up crown rather than like a crown with a where you can see the top of the beanie hat at the top, mm-hmm. right? Um, and then you know as kids as it became popular with kids, it also became really popular to put like pins and buttons on it to showcase your personality. So Jughead, his hat is always shown with the pins on it. Usually it's what? It's the one circle pin mm-hmm. and then the one, that's like a rectangle, right? Is it just one, two pins? I don't know. Oh my gosh. I don't know my Jughead hat history. <laughs> I love Ryan North's perspective on Jughead. Obviously we, we read his great run a couple weeks ago. We love both love it. And in the introduction of volume three of that run, he goes into his perspective on Jughead, why he loves Jughead so much. And I just want to quote from that because I think he kind of hits the nail on the head here. He says, uh, Jughead is the soul of Riverdale. While everyone around him is boy or girl crazy, he's sensible, he's competent, he sees what others don't, he can do what the others you know, don't, won't, and he is, I believe, kinder and more generous than any of them. He's the best of Riverdale, and he's the best of us. He's your best friend, and he'll always have your back. He will. No wonder he wrote such a great Jughead, both him and Chip. They really get this character. For sure. And again, uh, in 12 Cent Archie, he talks about how Jughead is a complex character, maybe one of the most Mm. complex characters in the stories, and one a lot of people relate to. And for the longest time, um, when Archie comics were first coming out, the Jughead title was number two. It was the number two title before Betty and Veronica and all those other spinoffs. It was the number two title because people loved him. Speaking of Jughead titles, I'm going to mention a few of the featured series that he's had over time. You know, of course, there was Archie's Pal Jughead, which they shortened to just Jughead. Jughead's Folly, Jughead's Fantasy, a short-lived series. 
Jughead Time Police, Jughead's Diner, which in this world he owns a diner. <laughs> Love it. I want. We have to read that. Oh, we, yeah. we just have to read it. We have to. Of course, there's Afterlife with Archie, which isn't a specifically Jughead series, but I feel like he's the catalyst. Yeah, he jumpstarts it. Yeah. And of course, there's Jughead the Hunger. Another one we love. We love our horror. And something that's not specifically a whole series, but would show up in the digest and such, is Dipsy Doodles, which were short one or two page comics that Schwartz would use to imagine Jughead as an artist. (laughs) And it was like kind of his way to comment on artist art a little bit. And they'd often be like mostly black and white with just a little bit of color and those things would usually come alive. Like, you know, if you painted a sandwich, it would be able to come out and eat eat a sandwich. And in one of the horror anthologies we read recently, they did a Dipsy Doodle and it was fantastic. Yes. But I do think this also comments on something that they do let Jughead be a little more fantastical at points. You know, sometimes it seems like he even has powers or like sees things that other people don't. So I think that is another important element of him is that he leans into some little fantastical elements sometimes. You can just do so much with him, I think. You know, mm-hmm. if you're if you want to do a, a Archie story that's really out there and weird and different, he's a great candidate for having having you be your protagonist. Time Police is a great example where it's like let's just do like a, a multiverse spanning time travel story. It's like, oh, having Jughead at the head of that just feels so obvious. Yeah, I mean, who else would it be? Reggie's Time Police? Boo. <laughs> I don't even really hate Reggie that much. I just like uh, taking that pretend stance of like... <laughs> he's fun to hate. Yeah, he's fun to hate. And then we just lost all of our Reggie Mantle fans. We should talk a bit about the people who are in Jughead's life, the people around him. Mm-hmm. Starting with his family, obviously his dad, Forsyth, the second, I the guess. The second, yes. Yeah. Uh, his mom, Gladys. And in 1993, uh, he was given a sister, Jellybean. Yeah, and I love the story about... You know, I'm not sure if they added the story in later or at the when she was introduced, but she got the nickname Jellybean because her mom, when she was pregnant with her, was in labor, and on the way to the hospital, there was a Jellybean truck accident, <laughs> and I didn't know there was trucks that just carried Jellybeans, but I mean, mm-hmm. they got to get somewhere somehow. Yeah. So, and also, we can't forget about his cousin, Supad. Yes. <laughs> who looks like him, and an important family member, Hot Dog. Hot Dog, the best. He's a sheepdog, right? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And originally when Hot Dog was introduced, he was introduced on the TV show, mm-hmm. and he wasn't Jughead's dog. Oh. He was Archie's dog. Oh, wow. Okay. And, I, and I think I was reading that there was actually like confusion between the TV show and the writers, and it was just kind of like Hot Dog would be at different people's house. <laughs> you know, it'd just yeah. be like all over the place. And eventually they were like, no, this is Jughead's dog. Oh, yeah. And, and Hot Dog, not just the name, but also... Yeah, come way, on, it's obviously Jughead. The way he dog. looks, obviously Jughead. Yeah. And and uh, they did, you know, they did obviously give Archie a dog too, Vegas, the Golden Retriever, I think, right? Mm-hmm. And Archie would totally have a Golden Retriever. This is perfect. Don't mess with it. It's great. Yeah, don't mess with gold. <laughs> and Hot Dog also got his own miniseries. I, I haven't read it though. I want to. Yeah, I wonder if it's fantastic or really fantastic. I love a good story in, in the Digest or whatever where... The writer gives hot dog uh, thought bubbles where you know what he's thinking. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because sometimes they, and I do think, you know, thought bubbles can be overused. And I think, you know, nowadays you don't generally see his thoughts. But, of course, through the art, it's conveyed Mm -hmm. what he's thinking. He's very expressive. Very expressive dog. Mm -hmm. Can I adopt him? Does he need someone, a new home, Jughead? I'll I'll, I'll babysit him. (laughs) 
I was just going to mention that if you are interested in learning kind of a little bit about an alternate you know, history of his family, then you should definitely read Jughead the Hunger because it revolves around his family and his family history. And I think if you're like wanting to see, you know, that version of where his family history came from, you should check it out. Yeah, and I like too in Jughead the Hunger that his family and Betty Cooper's family Mm -hmm. have a sort of antagonistic relationship going back, you know, hundreds of years. But mostly in the comics, Betty is written as, other than Archie, obviously, Betty's written as one of uh, Jughead's closest friends. And he, he actually really has a lot of, like, Affection for Betty. Yeah, it's probably the um, female in the comic series that he gets along with the most. Mm-hmm. And besides his parent and sister. But the one he has the closest re- personal relationship with. And there's even a quote I got from 12 Cent Archie where he says to Betty, like, you know, something to the you know idea of, you know, I don't want to kiss girls, but if I was going to kiss a girl, it would be you. Mm-hmm. Which I feel like is him trying to figure out how he can express his, like, his feelings of care for her in terms that, you know, are not comfortable with him for him. Yeah, definitely. And like uh, in a sort of uh, the opposite of that would be, he's typically written as kind of having an antagonist relationship with Veronica. Mm -hmm. I think he doesn't like her smugness. Like you uh, said. Yeah, I was going to, yeah. Like, I think he, he is, he's not, I think he's really put off by people who, um, well, smugglers, like you said, but also just anybody who's he would classify as an elite. Yes, because mm-hmm. I think that's like a little bit of him and Reggie's, yeah, you know, beef sometimes because they are seen as friends. Like for example, I like to play video games together yeah. and have competitions. But when you get that sense of like ego from Veronica or mm-hmm. Reggie, I think that's when he kind of is like, "I'm not about this." Yeah, definitely. And they kind of, you know, Archie is an, again his best friend. They will show sometimes when he gets a little upset when he feels like other people are taking away from his Archie time. <laughs> yeah, I, we keep referencing Paul Beatty's book just because it's so great. But mm. you know, there's a line in Bart that, Beatty. What's that? Bart? Did you say Paul? I just realized I may have been saying Paul this entire episode. I don't think you have. <laughs> um, if I did, if I have been calling him Paul, then uh, forgive me. It's Bart. Bart Beatty. Uh, so he he make he has this great observation in the book i think where he talks about sort of great platonic close relationships between men and literature Mm -hmm. and he puts jughead and archie like up there with like sherlock and watson Mm -hmm. i can see that as having which they've played which which they've played as we talked about last week (laughs) so i did want to talk a little bit about him and ethel's relationship which is kind of reconfigured I don't know if contextualize is the right word, but it's 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 looked at in a different way in big Ethel energy. Because Ethel in the early days, I don't feel like was written as like a favorable character. Like she didn't have she wasn't written in a positive light. Yeah. Right? She's like can't get Jughead's yeah. attention. She's a little bit the butt of the joke. Yeah, often. It's not written and I feel like big Ethel energy really reanalyzes that in a really interesting way, which I've just read a few of the um uh, of the stories on Webtoons, which you can check out for free, which is really cool because mm-hmm. Webtoon uh, Tunes allows you to do that. But I um, really want to get into that because I do think Jughead and Ethel's relationship is an interesting context uh, to see things through because it's not something you would usually see in um, in media. Is this, you know, it's not that Jughead doesn't like her as a person, I guess. It's really like she's pursuing 
something that he's not interested in. Yeah, you know, and I think that when when those kind of stories are done well, Ethel can be a, re- a relatable character in that everybody knows what it's like to be infatuated with somebody who doesn't feel the same way about you. Mm-hmm. And so I think when Ethel's stories are good, I think they can be really, really good. I, there was one, like, I don't know, months ago, um, I want to say maybe our Fall Fun episode where we I talked about an Ethel story I liked from a digest. But mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like there's there's a lot to explore between her and Jughead if, if it's done well. And of course, we can't forget to talk about Sabrina and Jughead. Yeah. Right? They have a... I'm like, really hope... Um, you know, we read about them in the 2015 Jughead series. I really hope we can see more of their friendship mm-hmm. in some modern day stories that come out, you know. I say modern day like 2015 was so long <laughs> ago. <laughs> well, there's a lot to explore there too, yeah. right? Because it's like, you know, that I feel like that series established them becoming good friends, you know, right before it ended. I would mm-hmm. have loved to see more of that. But these are two outsiders, right? Um, Jughead, for all the reasons we've talked about, you know, being kind of an independent person and and he's also magical and he's also magical but like sabrina literally has to hide who she is from the world and she lives in this bubble that's very different from our our natural world so i feel like there's a lot there to explore of just these two characters who are a little bit outsiders and i'd love to see more stories of them being friends uh yeah explore that relationship for sure well pops is shaking his fist at the top of the stairs i think he wants us to Get out of here and close down the archives for the <laughs> night. Brandon, if you were going to recommend somewhere to start for Jughead, do you have any recommendations? Of where where should you start with Jughead? I'm so glad we're doing this episode this week because there's a brand new Jughead-centric digest that's coming out this week, coming out tomorrow. Uh, this will be up on Tuesday. It's coming out on Wednesday. And it is called Archie Milestones Digest number 18, Jughead Guide to Life. And uh, I was fortunate enough to read it early, and I can say that this is a fantastic digest collection. One of my favorite digests I've read. Every story, obviously, is all about Jughead. And it's just a great introduction to every aspect of his personality. Um, There's a lot of food-related stories, but they're definitely not all food-related. It's just a really wonderful sort of survey into who this character is. I laughed out loud several times reading it. So hit up your local shop. Digital comics, uh, your, your grocery store uh, <laughs> checkout line for some grocery stores, whatever you uh, whatever you want to do to to read new Archie Digest. But this one was really really great. I wish we could get into some spoilers, you know, for that for that digest. But I can't yet. Yep, can't yet. But there's definitely some great stories in there that encapsulate, you know, who Jughead is. And you know, my recommendation of where to start is going to be no surprise, but the 2015 <laughs> Jughead series. I feel like I'm giving it an award. <laughs> the 2015 Jughead series by Chip Zdarsky, Erica Henderson, Ryan North, and Derek Charm. It's a short series, not mm-hmm. too much, easy you know, easy to pick up, and it's a great starting point and gives you a perspective in Jughead, and it's just a great comic overall. And then after you buy that and after you read it, then go listen to our, our book club about it, book club episode about it. <laughs> yes, yes. Well, thank you all for listening. You can check us out, the Archie and me on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook. And feel free to reach out and let us know how we're doing. You can always give us a nice review. It helps people learn about the podcast. 
If you want to give a bad review, again, just <laughs> directly message us. <laughs> <laughs> or mail. You know, yeah. just or a letter. Write us a letter, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, I want, a, I want an angry letter. If you just write Archie and me on the envelope, like no address or anything, <laughs> It'll get the post office it. will know. They'll get it to us. Don't worry. <laughs> It'll get to us. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Bye. I'm no bad.